Welcome to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications. I'm your host, Jenny Rurick. The goal of this show is to uncover communication strategies and behaviors you can use to improve the way you show up and perform at work. I'll sit down with communication experts and professionals across different fields to uncover what effective communication looks like in action so you can apply to your own career. If you'd like a written summary of each episode, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting vautiercommunications.com. That's V-A-U-T-I-E-R communications.com. Check out the show notes for a link. I am very excited about today's episode because we have on Shalonda Gibson, who will all have her introduce herself, but Shalonda is a, a good friend and is going to be helping us out at Vautier Communications. Shalonda, how about you introduce yourself? All right. Thank you for having me. First of all, I am Shalonda Gibson. I am the owner of the Speech and Voice Care Center of Houston. We are a voice specialized corporate speech pathology practice in Houston, Texas. Great. And can you tell us a little bit more about the specific type of work that you do with people or how you help the clients that you work with? Yes. The shortest way to explain it from the medical side of things, I'm like a physical therapist, but for the voice. And when a person comes in complaining of hoarseness, a voice lacking of projection or power, we help them to develop the skills they need to produce a voice that's easy to listen to and one that they can feel confident using. That's so important. We, obviously we do a lot of communication and presentation skills training, and we touch on the voice at a high level. And yet we do understand and appreciate how important it is Can you talk a little bit about some of the common voice issues that you see that are often overlooked by professionals? Yes. One that I can speak of for sure that I've seen people come in with mostly all of this pandemic is muscle tension dysphonia. And what that is, is when you're using your muscles and you're overstressing overusing, your voice is stressed out, and you might have pain when you're speaking, you're experiencing fatigue, maybe your voice cuts in and out, or you lose the ability to project, or you feel like I'm clearing my throat a lot. These are things that people don't think anything about. Oh, I've been clearing my throat so much, or my voice gets tired after I've only been speaking for about 30 minutes where it didn't happen before but there's no major injury with that. It's just that, yeah, your voice is overworked, overtired. It's like a a strain. I'm using these sports analogies, but like a strain or a sprain, but it's with your vocal cords. And it's very much overlooked by professionals until it gets to the point where they can no longer do their jobs at the level where they once did it. Do you, you mentioned that since COVID or virtual, Is that just because you've seen people communicating more often because they're now having to keep in touch with people all over, whereas before maybe they would have been in the same office as them and they wouldn't have needed to communicate as much? Is that what you're saying? Yes. And the virtual component of it, we are, like you said, we're online more. 
And the way we use our voice online is different than when you use your voice in person in that there's a, a Lombard effect. You can't really tell often how loud you are. And maybe we speak louder. We're trying to be clear. You have, I don't want, without going too much into it, you have a, a cognitive load. So the mental load of trying to navigate that, which again, it, it changes your body posture, your tense. So there's so many other factors that go into the virtual component that then when you're using your voice in person, and yes, the extent to which you're using your voice, people are on meetings sometimes all day long. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've never, I've never considered that before. I I'm on zoom a lot during the day and mm -hmm. most of the trainings that we're doing are still virtual. And I certainly experienced some of that in the beginning. And I think over time, my voice naturally adapted, but it is exhausting. And I never thought about the clearing the throat because that is something I hear my husband do. And it's something I've heard other people doing. And I never thought twice about it. Interesting. Now I know that there's a lot because I do a lot of reading on sounding professional. And there's a lot of blanket information that's given about how to quote unquote sound professional, which is anytime you look up public speaking skills or presentation skills, it comes up. I'm curious though, since you're the expert here, what are some of the more specific elements of the voice that actually do impact how other people perceive us? If I were described by someone as professional, and I know that can mean different things to different people, generally, what is it that they're hearing in my voice that's leading them to describe me like that? That is such a good question. And a lot of our presentation is our voice. We tend to think about how we look, the words we use, but it's definitely how we present ourselves. It's your tone of voice, which can include the quality of it. Is it smooth? Is it resonant? Is it choppy? Is it raspy? The more smooth it is and the more resonant it is, people tend to be attracted to that type of voice, whereas high-pitched voices tend to be considered less attractive. And fun fact, in Zoom, this is something in my research I've learned that Zoom does something different with higher-pitched voices. Yes. It, because it does some kind of noise reduction and it can impact the quality of your voice and make it sound more flat. So it works to tone it down. So weird. Anyway, but yeah, wow. your, yeah, your quality, your tone and your volume, those things can play a huge part in how you're perceived. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't imagine that many people get feedback on their voice, unless there is something that is so glaringly obvious that needs to be addressed. And more often we see this with, I would say people in leadership or executive level positions where their reach is so much greater. How would someone know the quality of their voice? It, would it be to go to somebody like you to do an assessment? How, how could people begin to learn more about their own voice and areas that are serving them and maybe some elements of their voice that aren't serving them? Two things. The most simple is record yourself. Do you like what you hear on the recording, which most people don't. So that, that can be a double-edged sword. 
but do you like what you're hearing? Is it too fast? Does it sound raspy? Does it sound flat? What, what do you hear? It's just simply that, how would you describe your voice? And how do you think your voice is perceived? And if you don't like it, yes, you can see someone like myself about it. They might be a voice therapist. They might say speech pathologist, but ideally when it comes to voice, you would want them to have some experience in working with speakers for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm just taking a deep breath and a pause here because this is, yeah, it's so loaded because then there are people out there who say they do, you can have a media coach, mm -hmm. which will help you with your interviewing skills and things like that. And there are acting coaches, people have done all of those things. But if you want a clear picture of what's going on with your voice, you can see a voice therapist and you can also go to an ENT, an mm -hmm. ear, nose and throat specialist, especially if you're having some of the challenges. That's my special plug for the medical side of things. But yeah, record yourself. If you don't like what you're hearing, seek out a professional that can help you with the mechanics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is, I agree that when people hear themselves on a recording, it, I mean, myself included, and I listen to myself a lot because we, we do these podcasts. I often record myself just to check on my own skills and what I'm teaching. The more you listen to yourself, you, I do find you're able to get to a place where you can more objectively observe it. As you were speaking, I was thinking, I do know some people that have unique voices, meaning maybe they're really raspy or they have a certain tone to them. And I also know that these people now technically, I think if they worked with someone, it might help because it can, I think, be distracting from actually hearing their message because you're so focused on their voice is what am I trying to ask? It's what, where's the line of maintaining your individual, your uniqueness in your voice and also balancing that with sounding professional and making sure that your voice is actually helping you deliver the message you're trying to deliver or be perceived in the way that you think is actually going to help you move in the direction you want for your career? That's a tough question. Any thoughts? That is, but I would like to attempt to answer it. I have something for you. I'll say, I didn't mention this before because it's a rabbit hole when it comes to the voice. And I consider myself a voice nerd in a very positive way because it's fascinating to me but how you hear yourself is through bone conduction and how you hear yourself on a recording and how you hear others is through air conduction. To speak to what you said about the more you listen, the more you adjust, mm -hmm. unless there's something that just sounds totally off. But yes, hearing yourself and getting used to the sound of your voice through air conduction will make a huge difference because our voice is tied to our identity and we have, again, the bone conduction is how we think we sound to other people versus how we actually sound to other people. And if you don't like the way you sound, if for some reason you're not getting the results you want, then, or I'll say it like this, the way we judge voicing 
from a diagnostic perspective is how much does it call attention to itself mm. in terms of the level of hoarseness? Is it just a little raspy and that is your thing? Or is it so raspy that it's just garbled and it is very, like you're saying, it's very distracting. And each person gets to decide that for themselves. Mm-hmm. You have agency of your mm-hmm. own voice because if your voice is raspy and I consider it severe and distracting, it doesn't matter. You're right. But for you, when it comes to business, are you able to communicate your message effectively? Is your voice getting in the way? Your voice is getting in the way or it's shutting down and you can't do your job at the level that you need to, then there is a solution for it. Great answer. An important aspect of speaking and presenting when we teach this is about projection. And I, and I'm, uh, you might use a different word, so I'll be curious what you think, but the, the, how you're pushing your voice toward the people that you're speaking to and the impact that that has on how confident you come across to people and how confident you are in yourself and your message, competent in what you're saying. When I use the word projection, and again, you might use a different one, where does that come from? I like talking about this one. I love how you described it, how you're, I would say, extending your voice to your audience and taking away the word push. I like that. How you're extending yourself to your audience is what I would say. And it's the energy. What is your, your come from is the best way to explain it. And we talk about resonance in the sense of placement. So how do you project? Where's your placement? And you all can't see my hands, but I'm doing this from my mouth and think about it like a megaphone in the sense that you want your voice ideally in the mask of your face and you want to engage your air or your breath support to help to drive it. When you push with your muscles, we call that laryngeal projection. And that's where you get the fatigue and the breakdown, but you wanna connect the air to the mask of your face and you're gonna get a nice one, the resonance that you want, that's gonna give you the smoothness and you're going to get the projection or the energy that extends and reaches out to your audience. And then that's also a part of that that is mental where it's the intention of your message. What is it that you want to communicate? That all kind of comes up from the emotional side of it too, but resonance and projection that gives you, gives your, your voice the uniqueness. You asked that before, like what makes it or how can you keep the uniqueness of your voice? It's through, yeah, the resonance and how you place your voice in the mask of your face and you color it with your emotions but it all, yeah, driven by your respiration. Hmm. So when you say respiration, I immediately think diaphragm, which is different than throat. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably oversimplifying this, but in really simple terms, can you talk about the difference between projecting from your throat versus your diaphragm? Yes. You did something. You said, hmm, or mm-hmm. When you agreed with me, I'll ask you, where did you feel that? Say it, just do that one more time. Mm-hmm. Throat. Okay. And if I ask you to project it higher and more forward, maybe even push it up to your eyebrows, 
Tell me what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deeper. Okay. But do you feel any vibration or? Yeah, I, well, I felt face? vibration. Yes, absolutely. In my okay. jaw and in my right, when my eye, maybe the, the sockets of my eyes. Okay. You're in your mask. That's how, you know, you feel it. It's that you get used to it. And that requires you to be present and to be in tune with your body. And one of the things, the exercises we do is to help get you grounded and in your body, because we're thinking about our message and all of the other things that go into our presentation that sometimes we, we leave our body, but I help you to reconnect and really listen to what your body is telling you. So if you're in your throat, there's a way that you can bring it higher again from the diaphragm, the way without, again, Mm -hmm. getting into a lesson, but you speak on the exhaled air and you push that air up. You I wouldn't say push it. You direct that air up and forward into the mask of your face. And if you're breathing, I call it high or high and tight, your shoulders go up you don't get enough breath. And it's going to cause you to overwork your system. But it, when you engage your core and you can't see my hands, but I have my hands on my abdomen, just like when you're exercising, when you exhale, as you're pushing up on weights or you're exerting energy, you speak on the breath, you're breathing out your voice. Just think about that. I'm breathing Ooh, out I my like voice. That. Yep. You see it as a wave. And those waves just, or your words just sit on the voice waves and it goes wherever you need it to go. And when you're not giving it enough energy or effort, you might feel it in your throat or if you're squeezing it out versus allowing it to flow again, connecting through the diaphragm, you'll know when you, when you're tapped into your body. The visuals that you paint with the voice are really impactful. As you're saying these things, I'm picturing what you're saying and it feels so much easier to understand because of the visual nature in which you're describing it. Love that. Awesome. Well, then you'll love the hand gestures. You all can't see it, but my (laughs) hand's going towards the camera. And I had a client to say, you're using your hands really really help because I'll say your voice is supported by your breath as I'm just going Mm -hmm. one hand (laughs) represents the breath and the other hand represents that your voice riding the way. If someone is, would consider themselves or they've been told that they're soft-spoken and again, we're not trying to get into a lesson. Is there any immediate step that you would tell that person they could take to begin to maybe even just bring awareness to that soft-spokenness? Something that is very easy is get a sound level meter. Say you're not quite in tune with your body. When you're on a call, you can tap into that. And for a conversation, your voice needs to be at least 70 to 75 decibels. That represents the intensity. And of course, when you get into the 80s, that's projection, larger room. But if you're on a call, at least 70 to 75. If you want to be super objective, no question about it. And then when we work together, we start to attach that to a feeling. And Jenny, you said something. If you feel like your voice is soft, go just north of that. That (laughs) makes so much sense. 
So if you're getting the feedback and people are constantly asking you to repeat yourself, mm -hmm. go north, as you would say, mm -hmm. if you don't have a sound level meter handy. That the, and there's, I want to say you told me once, are, there are apps that yes. do that, right? Okay. Yes. That's wonderful. Great. Mm -hmm. Love that. And that's something anyone can do. I might, <laughs> it may, I'm think I'm going to download an app and do that. I'll send you a couple, but there's okay. one, literally you can look up sound level meter, L-E-V-E-L -E or sound decibel meter Okay. and pick the one that works. You just need something easy and you'll see the numbers go up and down and just prop it up All in right. front of your computer and check it out. All right. I'm going to do that. The last thing I wanted to ask you about was related to articulation, mm. which is important in a professional setting because essentially if you are misunderstood that could cost you something and most people won't jump in and tell you if they didn't hear something you said or if you mumbled and they weren't able to get the word how do you define articulation that's a good one how we articulate has to do with how we move and connect the lips, the tongue, the teeth, and the jaw. All of that works together to produce sound. That's the scientific or the, I would say, anatomy of it, but it's how clearly you produce sounds. And some people call it enunciation, which is different from pronunciation, which is just what the word is, how it's, how it's said. But yes, how you put those sounds together clearly and precisely in a word. I noticed you do something called Twisted Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Does that exercise, do those exercises you put out, are those related to enunciation or articulation? They are. Tongue twisters are complex alliterations to get all fancy with it, but they are great exercises to help you because. If you think about a tongue twister, they're usually sounds that are difficult to say. I won't say confusing, but it requires more intention when you produce those. And if you try to run through them quickly, either you're going to lose the clarity or just stumble over the words or bite your tongue. But yes, tongue twisters are an excellent way to warm up and really, really energize or activate your articulators, your lips, your tongue, your teeth. That you're right. It's so easy. If you have one or two mm -hmm. and you say them a couple of times before you walk into a meeting, you have a presentation. That's something anybody can do. Love that. Absolutely. Shalana, that's all I have for you. This has been really interesting. Can you tell everyone if they want to look at your Twisted Tuesday and other tips that you put out because you have some great ones. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Speak It With Shuli is my business page. And then of course I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me with my name, Shalonda Gibson. And then also you can find us on our website, speechandvoicecenter.com. And I will put all of those links in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. 
Thanks for listening to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications, and I am your host, Jenny Rierick. Vautier Communications is in the business of business communications. We coach and train both individuals and groups on how to elevate their presence and increase their impact through the way they communicate, present, and write. If you want to learn more about our in-person or virtual training options, visit our website, www.vautiercommunications.com. That's V-A-U-T-I-E-R communications.com. Thanks for listening.